Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's what a great bunch of lads to play with, you know. I just look at it there, you get goose pimples talking about it because it was. Uh, you know that was it. It was expecting to lose with steamrollers, but we just hung in there. We 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 were on the ropes a few times, but um, it's amazing sometimes when you hang in there what can happen. And the wheel turned, and, and we were there at the end. But it was the start to the most definitely remember. Uh, obviously, the, the immediate aftermatch on the pitch with the supporters, and then actually the airport. It was bedlam in the airport trying to get over the border that night. It was just thousands and thousands of red jerseys and it was new experience for all of us but it was such powerful and great memories. That of course was Ronan O'Gara, the Munster legend looking forward to Sunday's Champions Cup semi-final in Bordeaux between the love of his life, Munster, and of course Racing 92, the club he coached for four and a half years in Paris. Hello, I'm Tony Lean. This is a special Examiner Sport podcast on the Champions Cup semi-finals this weekend. Two Irish provinces vying for a place in Bilbao in the second weekend in May. Leinster, of course, will face the dangerous challenge of Scarlets at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, while Munster and their horde of supporters travel to Bordeaux on Sunday, as I said, to face Racing 92. Later in the show, we will be hearing more from Ronan O'Gara and we'll be speaking to the chief executive of the Irish Travel Agents Association, Pat Dawson, on the difficulty for fans of not just getting to Bordeaux this weekend, but the problems they'll face getting to Bilbao if one or both of the Irish provinces make the final on May 12th. First off, though, I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by two journalists who will be travelling to Bordeaux this weekend. Simon Lewis, the rugby correspondent of the Irish Examiner, and the newspaper's chief rugby analyst, Donald Lennon. Certainly, gents, in the build-up to Sunday's semi-final in Bordeaux, this week, Donald, we've been talking a lot about Racing and all their options. There's a suggestion now, though, that Simon Zebo doesn't start, won't be selected to start, and will be on the bench for Munster. Given they're missing Blyendal, given they're missing Farrell, given they're missing Tote, how much of a gamble is that? Uh, to be a surprise, I have to say. Now that said, um, Simon has been struggling with injury for a couple of months now. Uh, you go back to the Toulon game, it was actually in the first minute he had a, a hamstring injury going into the game, but it was in that clash with Chris Ashton in the corner after a minute. Uh, he damaged his hip. Stayed on the field for 25 minutes, but I think it was clear to anybody who was at the match that he wasn't fit to continue in that game. Uh, I saw him play the opening half against the Cheetahs in Bloemfontein last uh, Friday night. And uh, I have to say he didn't look 100% fit. Um, Looked as if he was struggling with his game at times. 
but Zeebo is a very confident individual. So therefore, confidence won't be a problem. I think it will be a massive call if it comes to that. Um, Van Grant does have issues if Keith Earls is now back in the selection mix because what he can do is put Andrew Conway to full back, where, if you remember, he played, I think, for 55 minutes against Toulon when Zeebo went off and has played a lot of his best rugby at full-back. So there are options there, but given Zebo's uh, attacking prowess and the confidence that he brings to the team, it will be a big call, but I can understand nonetheless where Van Graham is coming from. Uh, at the very least, you would expect Zebo to be on the bench to offer something in the last 20, Impact. 25 minutes. Exactly, because that's where Racing certainly will have options there. Mm. Suggestions again that they may be leaving Dan Carter on the bench as he was against Claremont in their quarterfinal. And he had a huge final 20 minutes when he came out. Mm. So bench impact is huge. But, you know, the selections, I think, are going to be key for both teams. Simon, I'm presuming, though, uh, and I know presumption is a dangerous word in this context, but if Zebo isn't starting, that almost guarantees that Keith Earls is starting because there's no way I would suspect Van Graham would go in without either of those. Sure, having a fit Keith Earls certainly allows you to some some leeway to make that kind of change. It, it makes the call less impactful mm. in, in terms of selection. Um, obviously, Keith Earls, before he got injured, was in the best form of his life. Um, all you know, Candidate for the Six Nations Player of the Championship. Bringing a guy of that class in certainly eases a lot of headaches when you're selecting a back three. As Donal said, Andrew Conway is perfectly comfortable at full-back, is also in great form, and it gives you a chance as well to have an impact on the bench, Mm. as we said, for those final 20, 25 minutes when you might need a game-changer, and Simon Zebo is certainly that. You'd obviously prefer him at the peak of his powers starting the game, but... uh, I'm not too concerned if that if that is the case that he is on the bench. Donald, I suppose, and I'm, maybe I'm being the arch pessimist here, but there just seems now to be so many question marks, certainly over the Munster backline. You could have a situation where you have Andrew Conway at fullback, where you have two centres who have done very well, but they obviously weren't first choice. Um, I suppose Alex Wooten looks the likely option on the wing. On paper, certainly, it doesn't stack up like a backline that's going to beat Racing. Fair? Uh, perhaps, but then I think you've got to look at performance. Um, you might have said the same thing going into the Toulon game, and if anything, Toulon had more of an explosive attack than um, Racing have. You look at the Toulon midfield, you had Ma'a Nanu, a double World Cup winner, you had Matthew Bastereau, coming off a very good Six Nations, possibly his best Six Nations ever. Uh, I think it's likely that Racing will start with Vakatawa and Shivansi in the centre. Uh, Vakatawa, for me, is more comfortable on the wing. So I think, if anything, they're a little bit more vulnerable in midfield than Toulon were. Uh, I must say, I think uh, Rory Scandal is the unsung hero of this monster backline. The quality of his play, the variation that he gives, the fact that he's a left leg uh, compliments Ian Keatley, primarily a right-legged player. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you saw the offload in the game against um, uh, Southern Kings. Southern Kings. Yeah. Was, was out of this world. Yeah. He is a really confident player. He goes through uh, he goes through a game sort of unnoticed by some people, but he does all the basics of the game well. Next to him, Sammy Arnold, I think, has been outstanding. Really, uh, I thought against... Um, 
Toulon, he was superb. He's not overawed in any way by the quality of the opposition. But against the Cheetahs, I tell you, he's a hardy boy. He put in a number of hits. Uh, Cheetahs had a, a number six whose name escapes me now, but he was sort of throwing himself around, creating a bit of hassle. On two occasions, Arnold dumped him on his backside into the, into the advertising hoardings and looked down at him as if to say, you know, I'm the boss here. So don't underestimate these guys. Certainly it's been a year so far of big weekends for Irish rugby. So, you know, we had the Six Nations, we had everything that that brought to a climax on, on March 17. I know there's a different dynamic at play to some degree with the Champions Cup, but to have two Irish provinces on the cusp of a European Cup final again, I suppose just prolongs what has been this annus mirabilis, Simon, for Irish rugby. Simon Lewis, the rugby correspondent, the Irish examiner. The prospects, in your opinion, of a Leinster-Munster final in Bilbao on the 12th of May? No, it's it's tantalising, isn't it? Um, it's been a while. Um, 2012, Ulster-Leinster was the last All-Ireland um, Champions Cup final, Heineken Cup as it was. Um, these are two very tough games. I mean, Scarlets will have no fear of going to the Aviva Stadium on Saturday to take on Leinster. Um, they've won there before, as we know, um, beat Munster quite handsomely in last year's Pro 12 final. Um, have no fear of Leinster. Um, have no fear of anyone. No, seems. exactly. And they're playing some great rugby. Um, they're, it's, they're on a roll. Um, momentum, as we know, is, it counts for an awful lot. And, and this racing game in Bordeaux against Munster is a toss of a coin. The fact that it is a toss of a coin game for an Irish province playing a top 14 side in Bordeaux says a lot about where Munster are at the moment. Mm. But nevertheless, it is a big ask for both teams. Um, not one that they can't overcome. And it, I wouldn't put my house on it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see an All-Ireland final. 12 months ago, Donald Lenehan, I think maybe Munster overachieved by getting to a semi-final against Saracens and there wasn't that great a surprise that they just found it too tough a proposition on the day. It's a different management, but how different are Munster 12 months on going into this semi-final? I think last year's the, the, the semi-final of the Champions Cup and the, the final of the Pro 12 as it was when they lost was a huge learning curve for this group. Um, I sensed a massive hunger within them. I was uh, in South Africa for the two games, uh, Spent uh, was in two of their hotels, so I got to see them up close spoke to a lot of the younger players and there's a determination within this group they recognize the great sides of 06 and 08 and they've been waiting a long time to emulate this group but when you look at it people still think they're a young side and all that but you look at the forwards in particular we now have two international front rows interchangeable in every way um you have uh a second row now with Grobler having come into the mix Jean Klein and Billy Holland have been absolutely superb and uh, perhaps only for injury the options they'd have in the back row are incredible um, but I, I get a sense from this group of players that this is their time the message all the time was you know be it Pro 14 or Champions Cup they're determined to win something this year mm. and I think they carry that attitude into these uh, semi-finals whereas last year um, I suppose, what is the difference? To be honest, I couldn't see them beating Saracens in the semi-final of the Champions Cup last year, whereas I give them every chance of beating Racing on Sunday 
despite the fact, as Simon said, that you're going down to Bordeaux in the south of France. They've played them four times in the last 18 months. They've beaten them on three of those occasions. Could well have won the game in, in the U Arena last January. So um, I don't think they carry any fear into this game. Mm. Uh, Racing, to be fair, are playing well. They're a more resilient side than a lot of the other top 14 teams. Um, so it's going to be a massive contest. But, you know, for, for both semi-finals, you don't get to the last four in this revamped European competition unless you're a very good team. So we have four very good sides in this. And on that, just just in terms of the other semi-final uh, on Saturday, I mean, you know professional sport. I mean, you played and you manage in professional sport. And it's at this very point that Leinster seem almost invincible that you fear at times that this is the day when that invincibility is shattered and and Scarlets are just the type of team to do that. You know, so is there a vulnerability in one sense about Leinster that people don't see? Well, there is a vulnerability all the time. You go back to uh, Barcelona-Roma, 3-0 down, everybody said it's all over. And then they go away, 3 all. they advance to the... Uh, to the final, semi-final. Or the, to what is it? Yeah, semi-final, semi-final yeah. yeah. So therefore, look, there's no question within the Leinster setup, they will be hugely aware of the qualities that Scarlets bring to Dublin. Uh, again, Simon alluded to the fact that they blew Munster away in a, a Pro 12 final at the Aviva Stadium. That's not going to be an issue for them. Twelve of their starting team will have featured in the Six Nations this year. Mm. Obviously, the vast majority for for Wales. John Bartley was captain of Scotland. And Tyburn into the mix. Uh, well, Tyburn, obviously, uh, I think he'll go to Australia with Ireland during the summer. He is a quality individual. So, therefore, uh, the way Scarlet's play, I think, will be interesting in that they will ask questions of Leinster. They will attack. They've got great variety to their game. And the quality of their back row, plus Byrne, uh, they bring a different dimension to the breakdown. Leinster have been dominant there throughout the season, regardless of which back row they've played. They have so many options in that back row. Uh, it's incredible. But I think it is a factor that all those injuries now will probably see them with Scott Fardy moving from second row to back row again. So it is going to be a tight contest. Simon, in terms of Leinster and that invincibility um, I spoke about um Ronan O'Gara is is writing in Friday's Examiner that you have to respect their ability at the moment to just make it look so easy. It obviously isn't easy, but even what they did to Scarlet or to, to Saracens in the early stage of the second half of the quarterfinal, and we were talking twelve months ago about Saracens being invincible. I mean, are Leinster the best team in Europe at this moment? I think they're certainly the pick of the four teams in the semi-finals, and and that by that reasoning they they have to be the best team in Europe at the moment i mean the way they took apart saracens in the aviva in that quarter final was so impressive and we talk about Sean O'Brien out but dan levy you wonder whether Sean O'Brien would get back into that position certainly in in the leinster back row at mm. open side dan levy is playing out because he's possibly the best player in europe at the moment mm. it's a strong argument for that anyway they are they have such depth and my one concern is the jiggling about they have to do because of this foreign yes. player rule where they can only perm two from three. The fact that the Luke Australians McGrath, and New yeah. Zealanders. So with Luke McGrath, if he is struggling, then they have an issue because you have to bring back Jameson Gibson Park and then you might have to leave out James Lowe, which is a serious issue for serious a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, 
but they do have that strength. They have this phalanx of young academy players or recent graduates from the academy that take to not just Champions Cup rugby, but international rugby, like Ducks to Water. Um, there's not a lot to dislike about this Leinster team or squad. Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment. Um, they are in a, a quandary in a way because of the, the two from three, the permutations for the New Zealand and Australian players they have. But having said that, you lose James Lowe, possibly from the wing, and you're accommodating Robbie Henshaw, a Grand Slam winner for Ireland. He comes back into the centre, I would imagine, if he's past fit, with Gary Ringrose. Mm -hmm. So you have that Ireland axis of Johnny Sexton, uh, Henshaw, Ringrose, and you have to shove Nasiba onto the wing. So Nasiba fills in for James Lowe. You know, it's, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches in many ways, uh, but that is the quality that they have. Um, but I think this game uh, up front is going to be a huge part of this game. Uh, Leinster, like Munster, have these two international front rows. Saracens like to, or, or Scarlets, I should say, they like to move the ball around, but they're going to have to uh, mix it up front first. I think that's where Leinster will look to stifle them early on. Um, and then Johnny Sexton, they have a player on top of his game, um, outstanding for Ireland during the Grand Slam. And he, if you like... You know, it'll be interesting to see when he does write the book at the end of his career, how he, where he puts that two years in Racing. Is it two last years? Um, mm -hmm. You know, he went there almost out of stubbornness in the end because the union didn't, the RFU didn't pay him what he was worth. Mm -hmm. And they got that wrong, in my opinion. Um, but he is, despite the fact that he was outstanding in that Grand Slam, he wants to win another European title with Leinster. So you take that mix of the old heads like Rob Carney, who's again been revitalised in yeah. the Six Nations, and put that with the young players, uh, Simon quite rightly has highlighted Dan Levy. Look at James Ryan. Leinster had a problem in the second row up to four months ago. You go back to the game against Montpellier, the opening game a pool in, in their pool. I was at the match. Fardy cried off the morning of the game because his wife had gone into labour. And James Ryan, they said, oh, look, we're going to have to take a punt at him. Threw him in against a massive Montpellier pack. And he was, he was in contention for man of the match. And he's gone on. He hasn't lost a professional game yet. And, uh, you know, Which is worrying as well, by yeah, the way. Well, look, I mean, I think Maro Atosha was in a similar position exactly. last year. So um, the wheel comes full circle at some stage. And Simon alluded, Donald, there to the strength and depth that Leinster have. And you've alluded to the options that Racing have off the bench. Is that arguably Munster's greatest concern and Achilles heel on Sunday that in the last 20 that they're going to struggle to get impact off the bench uh, it's an issue now because of the injuries that Munster have like you take uh, Chris Clute put him out there's a suggestion that you know Jack O'Donoghue was very doubtful mm. certainly he came back from South Africa with a boot uh, on his ankle um, no Tommy O'Donnell no Tommy O'Donnell as well so that is a problem there's no question of that you look at like if you had Chris Farrell and Jaco Tote available yeah. one of them to come in off the bench then I think Munster are up there with the very best the problem is they don't have the depth of squad as the others and the worry for me in that context is by all accounts we're looking at 26 27 degrees in Bordeaux on Sunday um, South Africa was a help to that degree, but it, the, the conditions weren't as stifling as you may find yourself in, in uh, on Sunday in Bordeaux. I haven't checked the odds on a Racing Scarlet's final. Um, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility, but let's be optimistic and say Leinster look good 
What does it depend on? What needs to happen, I'll ask both of you, for Munster to get the better of Racing over 80 minutes in 25 degrees of heat? Yeah, as Diana said, it, it, it starts at, at, with the pack. And if you manage to at least get on terms with a Racing pack that is chock full of power and pace and skills, um, if you can do that and you can get your maul going and you can get your set piece perfect uh, in, in tip-top shape and faultless and you can compete at the breakdown as Munster have time and time again then you're halfway there. You mm. have then got to take your opportunities. And that's the difference between this year and last year. Mm. The semi-finals against Saracens, they didn't take their opportunities. Um, and they didn't have any ideas either in terms... Of, they were fairly one-dimensional, I think we all agree. The Razzie Erasmus said you have to add string to the bows. I think they've added those strings to the bows with Felix Jones, given more of a head, if you like, as an attack coach. Mm. Um, and offloads like Rory Scannells as we saw it against the Cheetahs um, and, and does, the can Kings. I ask you Simon does Donica Ryan's presence in the pack for Racing spook the monster forwards to some degree and spook the game plan because they must at least fear that he knows where to get at in terms of monster well, as Billy Holland said this week, Donica Ryan knows the, the Munster line out as well as he does, and he's he's the one in charge of it at the moment. So, um, you, but the point he made um, is that you don't change anything just to 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 outmaneuver because you end up double second, you know, second guessing yourself, second guessing yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you stick to what you know, and you if you know you, and you're confident, you do it well. You carry on regardless. Um, Donica Ryan obviously is is a is a potential spanner in the works of that one, but um, I, I, he has other strengths that they have to worry about as well as that game in the U Arena where he pops up out of nowhere and, and steals a, a restart. So um, he obviously is an issue for the Munster pack, but I think they're a, t- a tight enough unit without him that they can overcome that particular problem. Do you know what would be helpful, Donald, as well, and I'm sure it's been discussed many times and again, even after last weekend in Bloemfontein, is that Munster get off better in the first 15 or 20 minutes. You know, in too many games, they've had a very iffy start and they've had to actually rope teams back in. It's a problem. Uh, I think one of the issues there is, you know, when you're up at that uh, quality of, of, uh, of competition, uh, you're up against real top-class sides. More often than not, you could go back to Racine in the game in the U Arena, Toulon in the quarterfinal, um, even the Cheetahs last week. When Munster, when they come up against that big physical pack, it takes them almost 20 minutes to come to terms with the size. With the size. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example. When Munster played Racine in the U Arena, Dave Kilcoyne and Billy Holland on the left hand side of the Munster scrum were giving away close to seven stone between Tamiafuna and Maka behind them. So therefore, that power comes through. It has taken them a while to come to terms with that. The challenge on Sunday for me is they can't afford to wait 20 minutes to, to, to match that challenge because of the heat, because of the fact that if they were to get 10 or 12 points ahead racing, um, then you have a serious issue in trying to get back into the game. This is the one match where Munster need to start well, need to finish well, and make sure but that... The, the, the defensive quality that they brought. If I was to pick one aspect out of the tour to South Africa that really impressed me was under pressure, 
In both games, their defence was outstanding, and that included a period of 10 minutes against um, the Cheetahs when Simon Zebo was in the bin. If they can replicate that, I give them a great chance. Donald Lennon, Simon Lewis, both of you will be in Bordeaux on Sunday. I hope you're coming home with more than a suntan. It's not just about the man in front of you. It's the team behind you. You fight together. Or you fall together. Only one team can stand tall. Ronan O'Gara, Donal Lenehan and Simon Lewis write exclusively for the Irish Examiner throughout the rugby season. For their brilliant insights on this week's key matches, get behind the Irish Examiner. Welcome back. Before the break there, Donal Lenehan and Simon were talking about the influence Donica Ryan may have on the game and the disruption he may cause to the Munster line-out and to the Munster pack on Sunday in Bordeaux. There are few people know Ryan as well, both from a playing and from a coaching point of view, as Irish Examiner columnist Ronan O'Gara. He's in Christchurch now, where I caught up with him this week to talk about Sunday's game. Yeah, it is massive, obviously, because if you're looking to take a team out, you've got to go to the heart of them and who's at the heart of it, Donica Ryan is, you know, so mm. from Munster's point of view, they have to quieten him, from Racing's point of view, Donica needs a big game, I mean, his preparation during the week will be huge, he's an incredibly smart footballer, he has a great understanding of the game, he has great, um, I think, knowledge in the in the tempo and rhythm of a game when it's live, I think his capacity to to actually read things on the run separates him from a lot of forwards and mm. uh, he is most definitely probably the key player you look what he did in the in the U arena people forget that moment where off a kick off his capacity at speed and coordination to chase and tap back the ball is a skill that very few people could do and that was the moment that that actually earned Rassing the victory uh, it's going to be apparently about 25 or 6 degrees in Bordeaux on Sunday and 18 years ago in a semi-final down there everybody's talking about where it all started like that was that must have been an incredible experience everybody still talks about it from a monster point of view that it was the start of everything and I know you were young and innocent at the time but reflections now would be that must have been a, one a career moment almost even though it came so early yeah for you. it was it was unbelievable I've actually because Anthony Hogg put up a clip of it and the other day and uh, just the, the enjoyment I think you can see on the players' faces and you look at the rugby months player I keep going back to but that was a scrum on our 22 and I ended up scoring under the post and usually they say on your third touch you score and that happened 18 years ago and it was my third touch in the same movement mm. um, but it was just um, just what a great bunch of lads to play with you know you just look at it there and sh- you get goose pimples uh, talking about it because it was, uh, you know, that was it. It was expected to lose with steamrollers, but we just hung in there. We 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 were on the ropes a few times, but um, it's amazing sometimes when you hang in there what can happen and the wheel turn and, and we were there at the end. But it was the start. It most definitely remember. Uh, obviously, the, the immediate aftermatch on the pitch with the supporters, and then actually the airport. It was bedlam in the airport trying to get out of Bordeaux that night. It was just thousands and thousands of red jerseys, and it was new experience for all of us. But it was such powerful and great memories. Jeez, and I'm thinking, right, 
like the how different it's going to be like next it's going to be next monday morning at probably 2 30 a.m you're going to probably be sitting on your own in a sitting room in Christchurch watching this I'll have them all up no they'll be up for this one unfortunately some of them will be going for for ratting I have to knock that out of them but it'll be it'll be um, it'll be um, great viewing you know it'll be a great game it's it's great for Munster I think the brand Munster the people of Munster that um, that they're going back to France I think it is a great country to, to watch rugby and as you said it'll be 25 degrees the red wine will be flowing and the uh, spirits will be good and it'll be a good day out and uh, it's a hard one for me to call obviously because you know what I mean Monster is the club that gave me everything then you go away and coach against their opposition I realise I only coached it for four and a half years but still made good friends with a lot of those people I respect Ras and they gave me an opportunity in coaching um, but home is where the heart is so I obviously be hoping um Monster win, but at the same time, I have a lot of deep feelings for guys that will be playing on Sunday in blue and white as well. That was Ronan O'Gara talking about that memorable afternoon in Bordeaux 18 years ago. That was the start, of course, of the Monster legend. Thousands of fans descending on the French city, and they'll do so again this weekend. But many have had to dig very deep to get there. I'm joined now by the Irish Travel Agent Association Chief Executive Pat Dawson to talk about Bordeaux and to talk about the potential problems facing them in Bilbao if one or both of the Irish provinces get to the final. Pat, you represent uh, hundreds of travel agents around the country, many certainly in this part of the world who've been involved in getting Munster fans to Bordeaux this weekend. Just give me a sense of the numbers that you expect of Munster fans to be in the stadium on Sunday? Well, Tony, as a, as a follower of many sports, including rugby, I mean, at all events where Ireland are playing, there's a, there's a section that travel from Ireland and there's a section that would come from Europe, from England and God knows where. So I would imagine uh, Bordeaux will probably have about 10,000, 15,000 uh, red jerseys there on the day, on, on Sunday. And out of that, probably, uh, you know, many people travel independently and there are many, there are many charters, uh, mainly out, uh, out of Cork and, and Shannon. So probably flying on charters and flying via wherever, probably four or 5,000 would, would probably fly, uh, I would imagine. And many people will go over land or whatever else. So uh, ten to 15,000, I would imagine, mm-hmm. will be the ticket uh, allocation. And there was a lot of angst and controversy um, when the draw was made and when we knew that Munster were going to Bordeaux about the fact that there wasn't scheduled flights out of Cork or Shannon at the time. When we actually got down, I presume most people in the end, rather than travel to Dublin, went by charter. Roughly, what did they pay? Roughly, for a, for a day trip, probably north of €400. Euros, and for a, an overnight, an overnight is probably next to 100 so 550 was 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 probably the, the going price. And you have to remember, Tony, you know... Um, Many sporting events are in awkward places where, you, where there, as you say, where there are no scheduled flights. But the problem with chartering is, is in, we'll say the flights now chartered for Cork at the weekend, the day trips, they, some of them are starting in Spain. So what happens is the fly from, from Spain to Cork empty, the fly the, the Munster supporters out to Bordeaux, the fly back from Bordeaux to Spain again to work away, and then to come back empty and bring the supporters home on on Sunday, for example, and then they go home empty. So with a charter flight, 
Um, there are four empty legs on it with mm. no passengers and there are two uh, legs where paying legs as such. That's why chartering... And I, I see the, the schedule airlines, by the way, have, have they do it much, much cheaper, but they're, they're charging far more in many cases than the charters. And they're certainly making loads of money. Yeah. So is it the classic case, once again, that the fans get ripped off? We, we, we've heard the tales many, many times. The minute the final whistle is blown, you see that the flights on the websites are gone up 30, 40 percent. Well, I, I wouldn't use the word rip-off in the sense uh, I do the costs go up and you, you take, uh, you take a, the, the, you know, the gigs in Cork here, that, uh, musical gigs or anything else, and you go to Dublin for a Six Nations or, or when there's, where in the, in the uh, stadiums up there, if there's anything big on, prices will, will double. And, and the problem this time is that you're now in the holiday season uh, in the middle of it, so many of these aircraft are committed to a schedule, you know, to fly 20 hours a day mm. uh, and the rest because there's no good sitting on a tarmac in Cork as such. And, and, and then Cork is at a disadvantage that we have to fly every, every aircraft in, there's no local aircrafts available to charter. Hence, it, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, the rip off thing would be. The margins that that a travel agent would make on a flight on a flight like that would be fifty, sixty euros ahead, and I wouldn't call that ten, twelve percent. The airlines are certainly making loads of money out of it. Mm. If everything goes well on Saturday and Sunday for the Irish provinces, we get to do it all over again on the weekend of the twelfth of May in Bilbao. I'm sure, and you'll tell me otherwise maybe, that a lot of supporters have already booked in advance in the hope that Munster and Leinster, or Munster or Leinster, will be in the final. But for those, I don't know whether you call them sensible or not, people who are waiting for the final whistles to blow, what would you advise them about Bilbao and getting to Bilbao? Well, Bilbao itself, city, which is, by the way, a beautiful area of of Spain, is absolutely booked out within one hour of, of Bilbao. You will not get a bed. And for that weekend. It, for that weekend. There's not a chance you'll get a bed. You might have to travel an hour and a half, two hours if you're lucky. And there, therefore, you're looking at day stops. But then every airport has a problem. The, the problem with Bilbao Airport is that they will not allow aircraft to stay on the ground. They must go get out of there. The one park aircraft there is too small, so they must go away. So, you know, uh, I'd hate to predict, uh, you know, going back to those years with the Cardiff debacle as we had, mm. and, and we knew Cardiff Airport wasn't able to handle it. Bilbao, you know, I would think hopefully they're more up to date and hopefully they're, they're definitely pre-warned. And, you know, as we were chatting yesterday, uh, with Leinster qualifying, or maybe not, mm. I looked at the odds, they're 4-1 to one on, mm. so it looks like they will. You know, come 20 past 5, the charter aircraft will be booked by the, by the Leinster people. On Saturday. On Saturday. They have a 24-hour head start on yeah, the Monster And fans. it's a major disadvantage uh, to, us, to us down here or, or in, in Shannon. So it'll be a scramble for seats. And I know from talking to some of the members who, who have put their foot in the water regarding prices. And you're looking at a day trip north of €600. Euros. And getting accommodation, um, many of them are sold out. Uh, people are going, actually, uh, would you believe, because of where it is, they're going for four or five days' holidays, mm-hmm. one way or the other. 
if the match is there, uh, it'll happen. Like I, I'm actually on holidays myself. I, I'm, I'm in the Malaga area. I'm taking a, a, a train up to uh, Madrid and in a car up to Bilbao and so forth and so on. Uh, I've, I've friends up there, so I'll have accommodation. But I'm in the know. But other people who wouldn't have the experience of it, certainly, I think the only thing they can do is, is day trips. But the one advantage, that, I mean, I accept that 600 euro for a day trip seems an awful lot of money. The one thing about Bilbao is that San Sebastian is nearby, Biarritz is nearby, and they do have the Santander ferry option now, don't they? They do, yeah. And and there are many, many people booked, booked on that. Mm. Now, I'd like to see more advertising of that particular venture as such. It seems to be very low key, and I think it's a fantastic thing to have you know, going into Santander as such. And we were in San Sebastian, Tony, as you know, I think it's, we were talking, was it 10 years ago, 12 years ago? And wh- what a time 10,000 people in Munster had up in that particular area. Ideally, it's lovely to stay there. I, I'm not particularly uh, fond of day trips because it's hard work, a day trip. You know, you go out to seven for the, the travel morning, agent for the, or for the fan? Well, for everyone, yeah. because everyone is tired and cranky when you're trying to get one on an aircraft as well. So uh, it, it is hard work. And it's a tough day out and, you know, the adrenaline is flowing all day and, and particularly, you know, um, if it's a tense game and, uh, you know, Munster hopefully will get there. But um, it's going to be an issue uh, and uh, I know travel agents are very concerned about the prices that are going. And not even the prices, Tony, it's the availability of aircraft yeah. alone. And there are smaller ones around, but if, if, if the good news is if Leinster and Munster are there, I'd say half the people won't get there because there won't be aircraft for them. You said the adrenaline will be flowing. I'm presuming it's not the only thing that's flowing on day trips. Can that, seriously, can that be a problem for charters and for travel agents that maybe fans get a few too many on board? Yeah, it, it, ha- it, it has been and, and it is a problem. And, you know, you can't blame people, but it's, it's very, very strict as you know, an aviation is very, very strict and it must be respected as such. But yeah, it is a problem. And, you know, um, just back to Bordeaux, for example, uh, you know, people that are going there would want to be, you know, France is France and French airports are French airports. And our experience uh, dealing with French airports, uh, travelers' experience would be that they don't move fast. So it's going to be slow on check-in. Uh, a check-in could take two hours and that's why travel agents and tour operators are, are bringing people early. I know it's a pain in the head. There's nothing much to do in Bordeaux Airport, by the way, apart from an odd coffee shop or whatever else. But this is you're talking about after the game. After right? the game. Yeah. After the game, when all everyone would be heading to the airport. So there may be ten, twelve charters uh, going at the same time within an hour. Bordeaux wouldn't be used to that. So you know, please be there on time, and whatever you do, don't miss your flight home as such. Mm. But. Back to uh, Bilbao, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but the worry is what aircraft will be available left, never mind the price. Yeah, because just to finally, so what, what you're basically saying is already, before either team has the chance to get to a final in Bilbao, we already have a difficulty in terms of the number of seats on planes, in fact, the number of planes that will be available to get people there. Correct, and sensible people have booked months ago, months ago, and they're going for four. My choice would be to go for four or five days, have it booked months ago. Whoever's in the final, you know, it's still a great rugby match as such. Naturally, we want Munster to win, and and to beat Leinster would be the ideal thing, but we'll have to wait and see. But look at 
at Law and Ford on, on Saturday and, and Sunday. So are day trips available, Pat, for the final as we stand? Not at the moment. No, not at the moment. No. Uh, now, there is some, uh, I think the likes of Erlingus and Reiner might have put some uh, flights into Santander as such. Um, but then again, you have to make your own way there and stuff like that and the coach transfers and the chaos of that. But it'll be probably, um, you know, all things being equal. It'll probably be Monday lunchtime, Monday afternoon before the for sale. Leinster will probably go on sale, Tony, on, on, on Sunday. Uh, when we're all uh, biting our nails to see how Munster are getting on. Pat Dawson, thank you. If it is a headache, it's one I presume that Munster and Leinster fans will willingly deal with on Monday morning. That's all we have from this special Irish Examiner Champions Cup podcast. Thank you for tuning in. You can get us on iTunes, on SoundCloud or on irishexaminer.com forward slash paper talk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.